Hello and welcome to the Fan and Chatter. I'm producer Dave and we're joined by our usual co-host Amanda Carlin. Hello, producer Dave. And we're also joined today by Jodie Hicks. Hello. <laughs> uh, today, this is Thursday the 30th of April 2020 and this is episode 14. Yay! So, slightly different. We've got Jodie on today because we're going to ask some questions. We Something that we started working on is a thing called the Fenden Film Initiative. Um, we're kind of looking at media as a whole within the Fenland area because we feel that, as, as we've certainly found with the, with the podcast, it's something that is severely lacking. Um, Jody is the producer of the project and I'm the director. So, But I thought it would be interesting that we would get Amanda to actually run the questions for a change so amanda can't wait is going to to lead um not that you've been prepped with any questions or anything like that but (laughs) no i can confirm i have no idea what's about to be asked (laughs) so what i'll do is i will hand over to you amanda i mean we we will talk through anyway we'll we'll go through as, as much as we can but we'll let you steer to start with okay hello jody hello all right. It's lovely to meet you. And so, you. Thank you. Uh, you and David are working together. You're collaborating. Um, how was your collaboration formed? So many, many moons ago when um, uh, David was brought into my youth theatre to film like some webisodes um, to do some comedy with us. And then I went off to uni and did other things, but we kind of kept in contact. And then when I came back to um, this area, we kind of, from time to time, will work on various things. I mean, we've been working on this script for a few years now. So, and alongside that, I'll help him film stuff when he needs an extra pair of hands. And we'll just um, try and do some projects together in this area. And yeah, that sounds good. So, so the project you're working on at the moment what's it about so essentially it's um something we've researched quite a bit about which is stuff um so some issues pertaining to like our area so in particular around Wisbeach, so like operation pheasant like illegal gang masters um hmos which are like houses of multiple occupation and um also drug misuse and some knife crime as well so the story kind of follows um, two teenagers who attend a rave and it goes wrong and then they end up on the run and they come into contact with characters and situations which bring and all of those kind of issues to like uh, to the forefront really to kind of raise awareness of what's going on in our area because we do have problems but no one knows that much about it. So yeah. It does sound very gritty. So yes. <laughs> you've got a lot to do. I just want to clarify, what is your role in the project, Jodie? So I've kind of got a few different ones. So I'm producing it. Um, I've worked with David on the script, kind of like helping like edit and stuff. And then also I'm producing it, which means like I'm working with him to work for like the advertising, marketing, trying to find funding, um, bringing lots of creatives together. And I'm also playing the lead role as well. So 
yeah it's quite a big undertaking but <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's going to take up a lot of your life doing yes yeah yeah it has so far <laughs> yeah I can imagine so so David what what's your role in in this um as Judy mentioned I've, I wrote the script it was something that it caught my attention a, a few years ago and um, felt that something that wasn't being picked up so I, I took the, the the chance of actually writing this and it's kind of become more mainstream more up, up front in in the media so we thought we certainly knew we were on the right thing um, and then also now working with with Jody within the the organization trying to set up this um, the, the marketing side of it and the promotions and, and funding as well so it's it's, it's very much a, a team team effort just to try and sort of build and develop this this project so has the project got a name it's it's um the well the film we're working title is the fenlands but our whole kind of thing we set up is the fenland films initiative like as like an umbrella thing where we're hoping to create not just the film but other projects as well under that name that sounds really good that sounds really good so the storyline david where did your inspiration come from it came about from when i actually started researching it it was as i read the the stories uh, in the papers and talking to some people there seemed to be elements that were happening in particular towns so Wisbeach had a set of problems March had a set of issues um, so I kind of based the story that it was like a, a road movie that would go from somewhere between Chatteris and March at the start with this illegal rave and then they're then on the run across Fenland going through Wisbeach encountering sort of some of the problems and issues that are located around um, the Fenland area, around the Wisbeach area itself, and then heading up towards the, the coast. So it's just following these people as they go through a series of events as they go, trying to document a lot of the sort of the issues like knife crime and things as they go mm -hmm. through, sort of highlighting these issues, making, bring, bringing these things to, to awareness. But yeah, these, all the stories that we've picked up are genuine stories that have happened to people and they were sort of based them on the events as opposed to the people that are actually basing them on the events that have happened. So we can say, you know, these knife, this knife attack happened, you know, and this drug problem happened and this rave happened, you know, they are things that are fixed in this area. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds fascinating. So Jodie, are you learning new skills in doing this project? Uh, absolutely, because I come from a more like uh, theatre acting background, so more on the stage. So this is something quite new for me, because although I have done some like little projects before, but this is the first time I'll be as a producer rather than just being in it. So it's going to, I've done some stuff already because I've never really gone too deep into funding and looking for funding bodies and how on earth we're going to try and, you know, get this off its feet and working on a script that's full length rather than just have um, say a, uh, a theatre script that you just work off of it's something that's kind of changing and adapting and I've never worked on something that's some so long 
before because you usually just work get the project you work on it for a few months and then it's done whereas this has been something that we've picked up and put down for years and years um and i think it will only continue to um challenge me and um i can learn new skills that way so i'm not finished yet <laughs> i think there's going to be lots of things that i'm going to be doing which i've never done before but i'm excited that's brilliant that's brilliant and that's, and that's the thing and that's the thing about small films is that when you have a small group of people everyone then takes on multiple roles as well yes. so yeah you might be a, a producer or a director or, or an actor but then the next day you're also a runner or you're a supporter or you're the mic operator the boom holder so there, there's lots of you know the idea is that everyone then just mucks in anyway and mm -hmm. will learn skills on the job on the on the on the job as as they develop the the film itself so david given that are there opportunities for other people to get involved with this project there is we're we're kind of developing the core group the, the production side um so we're looking for um camera cameramen we, we have one cameraman on board already um but we would also be looking for for secondary you know b-roll cameramen and um sound recordists um and then we'd be looking for things like um editors special effects graders um musicians hairstylists makeup and we, we've got elements of <laughs> <laughs> i know that's that's a dirty word at the moment hairstylists <laughs> that's it um but certainly all the elements that you would find in a normal feature film you know we, we have people who we've already spoken to and got in touch with already um and we, we have the rest of the cast that we will need um once we've finalized the, the script we're, we're in the final state i mean we've got it we're just just nailing it down and just making sure that everything works but once we've done that then we'll need about 30 actors as well so we've got um, Jodie and Glenn, who are the, the, the two main characters, the two lead characters in the story. But we'll be looking for policemen, we'll be looking for doctors, we'll be looking for people at the rave to, to take part. Um, and then there are just, then there are European actors that would love to, to get involved with, uh, to play the parts of the, the migrants who are, are here. So we're not looking just for for, for local British people. And the idea is that it's predominantly um, looking at Fenden-based actors and actresses and, and um, cast and crew members. But we also realised that we've got people coming in from the migrants who are coming in from Europe. So we would be looking for um, people from those countries who, who have some acting ability or would like to, to be actors to take on those roles. Yeah, I mean... I would say if I, I'd like to add that we're not necessarily looking for people that are say established either we'd like to like um people who are maybe looking into this industry in this area that haven't had the chance to work on say a production like this it might be good to like um branch out and we're looking for people kind of all abilities and skills to kind of just build bolster our ranks really and make it a really like kind of like community driven and Thing, bring people together really and network and get people in our area working with other people in our area that they wouldn't normally have met or worked with so yeah that I mean, it's really exciting I mean I could talk a little bit but more about the initiative I mean mm. Jodie mentioned it we're talking about an umbrella organization it's, it's, it's a project umbrella so 
the idea is it's looking at all media in the Fenland area. So we're looking at film. So this is we're starting off with the film, but we're also looking at um, video production. We're also looking at music videos. We're also looking at podcasting and other kind of radio productions as well, radio radio shows, because there is a severe lack of it. I mean, the, the idea is that at least if we have some kind of hub for, for media, then people can come to us and go, right, I need to work with such and such, or I, I need a, an artist, I need a musician. And then hopefully we can start building up a like a, a central group where people can then work with each other, or they can work with us, they can do their own projects. Uh, but we, as a group, can then showcase each other's projects and, you know, instead of one person sharing their stuff, it's a group of people sharing each other's stuff. So that that's the idea. So we get a better recognition for our, our work and talent. That's good. That's very good. So in regards to the film, that's, that's going, that's how you see the project spreading out, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But... In regards to the film, have you thought about locations for filming? Uh, we've um, already kind of like looked for some um, places, the locations we've uh, scouted them, but because um, a lot of it will take place, say, on the disused rail tracks between March and Wisbeach, which are real. Um, so we've already been looking out for some of those um, places where we potentially host the big rave, which kind of kicks off the the drama as well um so yeah and it's just a case of like contacting the relevant people seeing you know what we can do to um film there or what we can do instead of filming there and because sometimes the reality is that you just don't have permission to do so so it's kind of getting creative and like okay we can't use this place what can we do instead um so we're kind of in the process of working that out at the moment so that's interesting. I do, um, I do, I do know where the rave was. I can remember it because we had a workshop just around the corner. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know who owns that workshop. <laughs> I mean that warehouse. <laughs> yeah, it's friends in high places. <laughs> yeah, it, it's some of the, the the places that we're, we're struggling or will struggle um the idea was to try and get hold of a hospital wing to actually do a film or maybe like a training college um and film there but obviously the way things have gone at the moment that's going to be completely out of um not not really be an option so it's a case of do we make one you know, do we actually make something that resembles a hospital ward with a couple of beds and stuff? So we would. So that is one possibility. But then that's extra cost, you know. But so we, we basically had to make the decision that we were going to push back the whole start of the project a, a year because that was going to be the only way where we've talked about fundraising. You know, there's going to be next to no money out there anyway. You know, the funding, the charities are going to be running out of money because they're helping everybody else out. And the charities, commissions like the lottery and stuff aren't going to be funding projects um, outside their sort of core element at the moment to try and get people through um, the coronavirus. And people volunteering donations 
you know, a lot of it's going into NHS and key workers and supporting them. So uh, trying to join in and say, can you give us some money is, is very difficult. And we know that's going to be tough. So we kind of gone, well, there's no point actually starting asking for money um, as a main project, as a, as a main drive for at least six to nine months um, because there isn't any, you know, there isn't going to be anything. But we have set up a Patreon page to start with, which is going to be for the actual um, the film initiative itself. And if people wish to support the entirety of the project, then th we've got a couple of tiers where people can support, I think it's like $3 or $5 a, a month. So it's not a lot. But if we have a few people in there just sponsoring us each each month, you know, that all does help for the, sort of the administration. And then when we actually come to the film or a specific project, then we'll be looking at something like a, um, a GoFundMe, Indiegogo, crowdfunding, a Kickstarter or something like that for each specific project. So we're then raising money. But then hopefully, you know, we're also open to sponsorship as well. So, you know, if people give us the money, then we can then do the projects. You know, so it works. And then we can then pay the actors because we don't want people just to come in and go, we we want to, you know, we're not expecting people just to volunteer their time. Mm. You know, and I've had the people that I've spoken to already have said, you know, it's either we all get, we all work voluntary or we all get paid, you yes. know, and that's the kind of attitude that we're kind of looking at. So if, so if we're starting off, we're going, right, we're all in this together. No one gets paid. We do this for the love of it. If we get funding, then the idea is we try and pay everybody the, the the rates that have to, that are established we try and do that but we've got to be realistic about you know we will talk to people as as they come on board and explain the situation of what what they can expect well it all sounds fascinating it really does i can't wait to see what you make and i'd like to come along and have a look i think it would be really good i'd bring a cake Oh, that ah, that's it. Victoria <laughs> sponge, please, if I can get my order in. Yes. <laughs> or a chocolate ghetto. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's it. I mean, there's going to be lots of sort of um, extra parts, people walking past, non-speaking roles where, you know, even if someone's, you know, nurses or additional staff or just members of the public just, to, you know, for walking around, you know, we're going to need extras at some point so yeah if you if you fancy being involved you know if you want to just be an extra then we're quite happy to to cater for that if you want to be an actor with a talking role then we can do that if you want to be on the cast and the crew then we can cater for that as well i'd be happy just to bring my cake <laughs> <laughs> and watch you all because i think i think it's amazing seeing um a production put together and all the steps that you go through. It's mm. time consuming. It takes a lot of commitment and it, it's fascinating, all the different facets that are involved in it. I mean, that's that's something that we we're just talking about as uh, some of the rewards that people could have when we're actually uh, doing the crowdfunding. And that would be, you know, someone could actually be a character in the film. Uh, they could actually have a cameo walk on part if they are 
in the area. Um, they could have their name referred to in the in the in the film or whatever production. So there's lots of elements that we can then bring people in. So that, and even just a chance just to come and sit, spend a day with the crew, just seeing what's happening. Because they say there's so many fans. I mean, I would love to spend a day watching another film production going because you can learn so much. And there's yeah. lots of avid filmmakers and who who are starting off small who just want to see what the next step is up in in production. Yeah, and I have to get Jodie's autograph. <laughs> it might be worth something later. <laughs> yeah. I'll sell you a few. <laughs> yeah, it would be on eBay. No. <laughs> I like your thinking there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, su I suppose... Um, with with the hospital scenes, we have got some closed hospitals, though, haven't we? We've got Papworth and Doddington before, before it gets knocked down. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's one of the things I need to do is speak to the the governing bodies in Cam in in yeah in Cambridge, uh, who coordinate uh, all uh, activities within in the hospitals in the area. So for media press releases and I think utilization of facilities as well it seems to be speaking to them so we'll we'll speak to, we'll drop them a line and and just see what's um what's available but like saying it's 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 a difficult time for um for the NHS and they are kind of overwhelmed at the moment so it's kind of how do we approach it when do we pick our right time to to do this very good point very good point everything's up in the air isn't it it is, yeah. Yeah, and usually the arts are one of the first to suffer, unfortunately, when with austerity and everything like that. So it is, it is going to be. Um, I think it's going to be a tough road for a lot of people in this industry back to normality, anyway. But, yeah, uh, there's there's always been an irony in that, hasn't there? In that the, the arts are what gives people provides people the most pleasure but it's always the industry that suffers the most whenever there's a, a disaster of some kind yeah because if you think even now what do you do in your day you might read listen to music uh watch netflix tv you know your whole life in isolation is around the arts so it is a that contradiction isn't it well yeah, yeah we're, we're starting yeah i mean we've been <laughs> beginning to see we're, we're running out of programs on on television yes. you know we're starting repeats now of of programs two or three times a day um and most of the production companies in in america and the uk have had to cease productions um off the top of my head you know we've got stranger things it was everything has been suspended witcher has been suspended you know there are so many big shows that have either had to end their series early or suspend it until later in the year uh, I think Walking Dead as well. They've had to uh, postpone their big finale for to later on until they can get everyone together again. So there, there's a lot of stuff going on, and a lot of film crew and production crew are just being put on furlough, um, and they they just they can't do anything because there's nothing nothing to do. So yeah, it's it is difficult with within the media. The media and the the arts have have suffered, and. The knock-on effect is in a couple of months' time, there is going to be next to nothing 
which is when things like this, you know, these kind of shows, YouTube productions, you know, small independent stuff is going to become more mainstream. People yes. are going to be searching out programs on YouTube and series and films and things because they're going to be looking constantly looking for new stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a very good point, David. And um, I I was absolutely devastated when Made in Chelsea was called to a halt. That's <laughs> 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 the end of the world. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> and the cast of Love Island is still over there. Yeah, just waiting for lockdown to end. <laughs> yeah, they're having a bad wardrobe day. Yes. <laughs> well, I can think of worse places to be stranded. Uh-huh. Can I give yeah. a shout out to my sister on that point? My sister got home yesterday. Yay. Whoa, where from? <laughs> Cyprus. Cyprus. Yes. She was really disappointed to be stuck there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all very well if, if you've got the bars and the, the restaurants and the shops uh, open. You know, then, then being stuck in places like these are, are great. But if you're stuck in a hotel, it, it really doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You could be stuck anywhere. Well, a friend of mine, um, she works on yachts. Um, and so she is based in the south of France. And so she's kind of stuck in the south of France in her house and not coming home because as soon as it opens again she'll need to be working and looking for a yacht to go on so she's kind of stuck there and I feel sorry for the people like that who can't necessarily you know come home when you know work is reliant on them being there mm -hmm. and it's and stuff changes so quickly you know laws change and come and go and it's all it's keeping up with it all isn't it and making sure you're yes. doing the right things Yes, yes, these are very strange times. Yeah. Yeah. Unprecedented, some would say. Oh, they would. I've never heard such an overused word in my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> it sums it all up, though, doesn't it? I mm. uh, don't think there was anything else. And we've done the promotions. We've, what, what we'll do is we'll put links to um, pages, Facebook pages and the, the patron sites where people can go and find out more. I mean, we are still in the process of developing them um, and putting content on there. So just just bear with. Um, yeah. And if anyone's, you know, listening in that knows someone or wants to get involved or anything like that, I suppose don't hesitate to contact, say, David or um, myself somehow and yeah there's plenty of ways to make contact exactly there is. yes get in touch and send a cv as well if you've got one so you can have a look absolutely <laughs> absolutely but yeah um, i mean we're not looking for professional actors and actresses you know we want people who are keen enthusiastic and and want to to start off in the industry and want to sh to show use it as a showcase and a showreel for, for their talents and what they can do. So I guess you'd be interested in knowing what skills people want to learn and what skills they have already. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 
Yeah, it would be like a collaboration rather than uh, myself and David lording over everyone. I doubt that. <laughs> That's not in either of our uh, personalities, but it's kind of like we want to just, you know, get a group together and work and collaborate and make something we're all proud of and it can help us in the future. So that's kind of why we're doing it. I mean, if you've got someone, someone who does social media and marketing and stuff like that, you know, that could take some of the, the pressure away from us trying to, to do everything ourselves at the start, because obviously we're having to go through the marketing campaign and, and advertising and promotions and stuff. So an extra person like that at the beginning would be useful as well. Well, that's a really good point, because although a lot of people can do that and they've got the skills, it can take you all day, can't yeah. it? You can spend far too much time on social media. Mm. You can, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially my generation. <laughs> well, all and ours. And yours, yeah. <laughs> Yes, Amanda, I'll just point out, Amanda does spend a, a lot of time helping to promote the Fen and Chat Hour on a lot of the discussion groups around Fen and Ah, uh, yeah. Which on is Facebook great. And, and things, yeah. Yeah, so it's much appreciated. But it's my pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, enjoy, I enjoy it. I enjoy getting the word out there. Yeah, but it's also helpful because you get to see all the local gossip and the news uh, to help feedback. Who doesn't like a bit of gossip? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, are there are there any other points you need to make about it, about the project? Um, the the podcast that we're doing, we're looking at using this as a, like a template for one of the things. So, if someone wants to do their own uh, podcast um, we can then help set them up and establish them so we can give advice on how to, to go about doing this kind of stuff um, we're, we're looking because obviously we've had to push the film back we are looking at taking on maybe a couple of small projects that can be done in short base so we're, we're sort of getting some ideas for, for, for little things that we can do short term in the meantime to one raise the the um the profile of the the group and also to get people to have experience so that when we do come to the film people are then familiar with the the kit and the equipment and stuff so it's kind of a learning process at the same time for people who want to become involved yeah because it is much more complicated than you think setting up a podcast mm -hmm. isn't it yeah so much to it and and the difficulty is because like I can't come to you to do it yep. so it's very difficult to sort of it takes twice as long to set up because you're having to rely on someone else working through their end of, and their communication their technology so you're kind of having to guess what they've got which is kind of difficult yes yes okay Jody. it's so lovely speaking to you and yes. finding out all about your project it's wonderful and David, I'm really excited about this collaboration. Please do, when you get there, invite me along to bring my chocolate cake and Victoria sponge. Brilliant. <laughs> I'll hold you to that. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely. been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. <laughs>
Thank you. Thank you for, for being joining us, Jodie. Absolutely. It's been great. <laughs> it's been a change. <laughs> we shall now go on to the, the news and updates. Um, what I've found so far is obviously they're now in talks with ending the lockdown and they're obviously they're, they're trying to sort of track down a lot of the problems that could arise from that and um, obviously they're finding it a lot more or it can be quite problematic and some of the things when they're talking about schools going mm -hmm. back and they're talking about um, the underground going back you know what what sort of impact it would have with the underground because they know as soon as they open the doors it's going to be absolutely rammed um with schools one of the things that they're talking about is doing like a a, a two-week rotor so one week half the class go to school um, or half the classes and then the other second week they do the same program but the second half of the class so if you've got a class of 30 only 15 would sit in in the class uh, to try and reduce the amount we spoke about that last night yeah. on the governor's um, meeting. And it's interesting because even a school the size of Neil Wade, which is massive, really, yeah. they could only have 10, 10 children per class in at any one time to keep up yeah. the social distancing. So I don't know how they're going to manage. Yeah, it's, it is a big challenge. Because a lot of countries are aware that if they don't do it right, it's going to start up again. Mm. And it's it's trying to get people to realise that if we do it, we've got to do it slowly. Uh, so, yeah, so there's going to be a lot more. We'll try and keep people up to date on what, um, what is happening and who's allowed to do what. Because it's, it's going to be a very sensitive time and everybody's going to want to get back out and doing things do you think so do you think people really are chomping out the bit to get back out i can understand some people are. there pressure. are there are some people i mean i was watching it i don't know if it's just america but they were talking to a i think it was a haulage guy in america yeah. in new york and he was like i don't don't really care you know we're all going to get coronavirus we're all going to die so i but i just want to get on and open my business and i know that that is a lot of people's um well not a lot of people but certainly there are some people with that kind of mentality where they don't really care about anybody else they just want to get the businesses back up and running you know and it's 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 tough and i know that's not the reflection of everybody else you know, a lot, like you say, a lot of people are just are going to be quite nervous about going back to work and mm. going back into public spaces, and yeah. it it will be tough. But we've got some some excellent news. Uh, princes that make um, little fishy tins and and various other um, product water as well. They are based, or the ones based in Wisbeach and Longs. Uh, yeah. They've offered a million products to communities, uh, things like uh, NHS and food banks and other charities around the world. 
to ensure that food supplies and water reach uh, those that need it. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, big, big shout out and congratulations to them. Yeah, so we've, we've lost all the, the, the postal deliveries on, on the Saturday as well. Fannin uh, District Council have or will be starting uh, public meetings online next week. Uh, yeah. Certainly starting with the planning committees next Wednesday, the 6th of May, uh, will be broadcast live on the council's YouTube channel, which so if you want to uh, watch, um, then you're looking at youtube.com slash user slash Fenland Council. But I'm sure if you just type in Fenland Council in the search, you'll, you'll find it. I'm sure there'll be links as well on the Fenland District uh, website. Um, kind of a shout out to a kebab and barbecue and pizza house um in Wisbeach. it's a best best kebab pizza uh, best kebab barbecue and pizza house uh at neen key in Wisbeach, where they've been giving out hundreds of meals for free to frontline workers during the the outbreak so they're being in free meals, about 400 free meals so far in the region to key workers. Uh, and that's my news. Have you got anything? Yes. Today is Captain Tom Moore, or Colonel Tom Moore. It's his 100th birthday. Yay! Yay! So um, there's a call to give him a two minute silence this evening. And the suggestion is to go out at two minutes to eight for a two minute silence for Captain Tom, mm -hmm. then do the clap for the NHS. And then if you can sing, I can't, do a rendition of happy birthday for Tom Moore. Uh, that's all I have for news. Okay. What about Doris? What's Doris got to say today? Ah, right. Okay. Doris is talking today. She's um, talking about the safe disposal of waste should you have symptoms of coronavirus. Mm -hmm. uh, she asks if waste can be placed in a plastic rubbish bag and tied when full. And the plastic bag should then be placed in a second bin bag and tied, stored securely and keep separate from other waste for 72 hours. And waste should not be stored in communal waste areas. After 72 hours, place the bag in your external general waste bin. And Doris is also asking people to remember, when you put your bins out, please wash your hands before you go to put them out and wipe the bin handle yep. down, take it out, wipe the bin handle down when you bring it back in again. So that protects you and it protects the refuse collectors. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it doesn't stop other people going along at night and and uh, touching the bins either. No, it, but, it doesn't. So, and that's the other thing is you don't know who else is touching those bins. No, so, very yeah. good point. So, yeah, look after yourselves and, 
and just yeah make sure you are cleaning stuff down um yeah that's yeah. i mean that's something that we talked about um we, we talked about the disposal because they are a potential biohazard um yes and we talked about if we, if people did have masks they would then have to dispose of them correctly and that's the thing is that you, you have to remember that these things are dangerous you know the, these are toxic effectively you know once once they're used and they've got the germs in it they are a biohazard that like you say it, it needs to be left for for 72 hours so it dies you know and it's 72 hours after the last piece has gone into that bag as well not just yes. opening the bag and put stuff in and then adding a couple of more bits and then oh, a couple of days and then that's fine it has to be 72 hours after the last item has gone into that bag and it is sealed mm. and then mark it's probably worth actually marking because if you're going through the process so you're actually binning stuff on a regular basis you're going to have to mark it and go bag one day one 72 hours and put the date on it and then the next bag, the next day, 72 hours. And you, if you put the date for um, the delivery or to, uh, to actually bin, so dispose on this day, dispose on this day for the second one, dispose on this day for the third one, then at least you then won't just, someone won't just come along and just pick them all up and throw them in the, in the bin. So at least you've, you've got to go into a, a, a cycling process of storing waste and then disposing of it at the right time Yes, yes. It's very serious, actually, isn't it? It is. I mean, they were talking about yesterday with the the dentists, the ones that are open and just open for uh, mainstream operations. So, you know, major injuries and, and major surgeries. But they were talking about, you know, after each person, it takes 40 minutes to decontaminate the whole process, the, the whole room. You know, everything's scrubbed down, everything's cleaned, the floors are swept and, and mopped between every single patient. You know, this, and they're taking this very, very seriously as well. So, you know, if if they're doing it, then, you know, we need to be taking this seriously as well. Absolutely. Okay, is that everything from Doris today? It is, yes. Thank you. Um, all, what we'll, we'll do is we'll just mention that we are looking at the Drawing Doris competition, the picture competition. I saw that you'd, you'd put a, a mention on, on Facebook about that. So what we'll do is we'll um, establish a all the criteria for Monday um, with all the, the rules. and uh, But yeah, if you just have a maybe have some practice sketches now or something like that. <laughs> some <laughs> sneaky drawings now but yeah we'll 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 open it up on on monday with um terms and conditions and and what we what we can offer as a maybe as a prize and things like that so all the dates and and criteria and stuff and we'll we'll do that for monday yeah some people have said they'll have a go that's brilliant mm. that is brilliant news mm -hmm. okay so the daily stats um yeah, I had a bit of a shock yesterday when I looked. Um, yes. So world, the world number of cases has just passed three and a quarter million. 
number of cases in the UK is standing at 165,221 and that's as of yesterday and the number of deaths has now been recalculated to 26,097 because it's now been adjusted to take into account uh, those that are dying in care homes and at home and obviously there's a big issue about collecting the data and, and adding it and how do you add it properly uh, so that that's basically jumped from 21,000 to 26 um, mm. and we're now third in the world yes. for the number of deaths yeah. we are fifth in the number of cases uh, but we're about 2,000 behind France and we'll go into fourth place probably at least by the end of today so you know as I was saying we keep talking about this you know when are people going to be when it start taking this seriously you know and it's what what does annoy me though is everyone is very quick to to blame the government and say oh it's the government's fault you know they didn't do this they didn't do that well blame aside you know okay they may not have done things right and and you know that goes with a lot of countries that they haven't handled it properly but you can't blame the government for every single one of those 26,000 deaths you know we just have to look back to the scenes where people were packed in on the underground there were people congregating in parks in flats we've got the the parties that are being broken up you know people are meeting and going to well it was like the um the national trust you know the first day then everyone descended and, and people weren't um adhering to isolation distancing so you can't just blame the government because of one particular thing you know we all have to have collective responsibility because a lot of people were ignoring the rules that were set down of if you're isolating stay home keep your distance don't have parties don't move, move meet together you know keep the distancing and and don't go out if if necessary and people are still ignoring it you know and these are on people's will have to be on people's conscience that they have gone out and they have potentially passed on yes. this to someone else people are still visiting other people's houses yeah. where they don't live it's happening a lot that's that's breaking the lockdown rules and we need to stick to the spirit of lockdown if we're going to get over it and i completely agree with you david there is no point blaming the government for things that we could prevent the the spread of this virus if we just think differently and help i mean i'm i'm really quite bad i'm forgetting to wash my hands enough mm. and when th this was first you know news i was manic about washing my hands and you know almost yeah. to the point of them bleeding so that was ridiculous obviously but um i i've got uh, oh my husband was good he got me some hand sanitizer to put in the car mm. that's really handy because the first thing i see 
as I open the car door is a hand sanitizer. So I'll put it on. Yeah. When I arrive, I'll put it on. When I get home, I'll put it on. And when I get in, I will wash my hands. It's throughout the day I'm forgetting. Yeah. I think, to be honest, as, as long as you're, you're not actually coming in contact with anything else, you know, if you're clean in the morning and you're not going out and you're not touching anything, then it shouldn't be too much of an impact, um, you know, other than just general cleanliness. Um, it's only when you start going near the front door or near the back door or windows mm. or anywhere that is in contact with other people then that's when you you kind of need to make sure you make the effort to to sanitize to clean and to to take precautions absolutely absolutely and i have started doing what doris advised and i just have one journey in a car a week now so that's for essential shopping picking up neighbors shopping for them that are vulnerable and getting prescriptions for people yeah so, oh, and my fuel top up for two pounds of it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm only going out shopping and collecting stuff when required. If we can't get a slot on, you know, on the on the um, you know the shopping delivery the slots, the, the delivery slots. Yes. You know, if that's not available, then I've got to go out and do the shopping. So yeah, but yeah, I try and keep it down to a minimum. Yeah, it's we all do have to take responsibility. We all have to be accountable for it. You know, we can't just blame one group of people who can't. You know, we we are becoming a nanny state. You know, and people saying, "Oh, we need to be told what to do." Well, you've been told what to do, and you're not doing it. And it's... I think also, I think also, whilst we're talking about the government, I have to say. I forgot this. Congratulations to Boris and Carrie on the birth of their baby boy. Yes, congratulations. That, that was lovely that, news, wasn't it? It was. It was slightly it, unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, whatever your thoughts, you know, he's 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 a daddy now, and you know, it's it's, it's a big thing for him, and to cope with that at the time when he's trying to to look after a country as well so just going back to the the figures um we do yes. we've now started looking at um stadiums and just doing a comparison i mean this has been a massive jump from twenty one thousand that we mentioned on the last um and that's just because new figures are, are coming in but if we look at the next stadium uh in the uk that could actually hold twenty six thousand we're looking at Selhurst Park, which is in London, and that's the home for Crystal Palace uh, FC, which has a capacity of 26,309, and that would be the next stadium that would actually hold. So, you know, so Old Trafford wouldn't be able to, wouldn't cope. Really? Yeah. Wow. So. That's amazing. That's a lot of people. Very sad. Yeah, and we've got some big, big names coming up soon, so we'll we'll see how, see how that fares. Mm. So yeah, that's, you know, we've all got to be responsible, and we all have to, to play our part, and do what we're, we're asked to when we're asked to. Mm. Okay, uh, shall we have a rural roundup? 
Have you got some local news to... Yes, yes. Um, I've got some interesting requests, actually. The British Horse Society, they're urging um, members of the public not to dispose of grass clippings and garden waste or other foodstuffs in fields where horses are grazing. Mm -hmm. um, a, that could be a natural thing to do if your brown bins full up or you don't subscribe to the brown bin service um, because horses have very sensitive digestive systems yeah. and eating anything other than their normal diets can have serious health implications. Yeah, it can. So be. that's something to consider. Um, Cambridgeshire Music, mm -hmm. they have put a video together. They've got 50 of their musicians and they're playing Hawaii Five-O. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, I saw the link to that. I haven't listened to it yet, but I, st I did see the link. I was going to mention that was going to be one of my, my mentions, so, but you beat me to it. Oh, sorry, David. That's yeah, right. I think it's brilliant. It's very good. And it's um, a great song as well. Oh, it is, isn't it? Du, 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 du. Yes, I can't sing. Okay. <laughs> Ely's Minor Injuries Unit has extended its opening hours from 8am to 10pm, Monday to Sunday. This okay. is for during the pandemic. Yep. And it's now open for x-rays from 8am to 8pm. And you don't have to have an appointment to go. Okay. But if you have any symptoms of COVID-19, please call NHS 9... Uh, not 911, 111. <laughs> <laughs> so that's NHS 111. Um, and you will be told how to progress. I think it's an idea to say what some of the symptoms are, don't you, David? Because I don't think everybody knows. Um, yeah, do you have them to hand? Well, what I can remember is it's a dry cough. Yeah. Um, a difference in your sense of taste and smell. That's a secondary... Yeah, if you've Apparently lost a lot of people have it. They are beginning to get a lot more people are beginning to get it and that's one of the it's the the dry cough, the temperature, um the flu-like symptoms. Um but it's the temperature which is the the big one and the um the shortness of breath as well. That was breathing. the the, the breathing yes. one is the main the main thing that separates this from from a cold and flu um is the the shortness of breath. Um, and then they said the secondary thing is that people are so, have, have discovered that they are, have le lost. They haven't had some of the other issues, but they have lost the sense of smell and taste. And that's now kind of been recognised as one of the symptoms. And people are describing when they're breathing, it feels like um, they have broken glass. Yeah. Not broken glass. I think it... Yes, it is. It's broken glass. That's the description. Yeah. Previously, when I've heard people talk about flu, they've said razor blades. Yeah. But uh, broken glass is is something I heard this morning. Okay. Um, with brown bin collections, going back to the bins again. Yeah. Um, the shift patterns are changing for the refuse collectors. 
So to avoid missing having your brown bin emptied, please make sure it's out the day before, the evening before. Yeah. Because it will take forever to get them to come back and empty it, if not. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I think, yeah, that's everything. Good. Um, no, I've not got anything for the the rules side, um, but with just life in general, just life in the lockdown, uh, people are being urged to, if you can, shop locally. Then, you know, utilise the shops that are open, and a lot more of the the local groups are beginning to announce which shops are open in your rural area. Um, so obviously use them first it cuts down on travel unnecessary travel and it also supports those local businesses and keeps them going uh, quite a few are now doing deliveries specifically so yeah try and support um, your local businesses and something that's uh, a new story that i saw this morning was a altercation between a tractor and an ambulance you know and it's just be be more mindful of ambulances because uh, emergency services are um, having to deal with an awful lot of stuff and having grumpy drivers getting too close is is not good. So if you can, just make sure you just give you know wave and thank them, but but mainly just to give them the space. Um, don't try and be difficult and make their job um, harder than they've already got at the moment. I do think that's something that we've got to accept in lockdown. You can't do anything in a hurry. No. Nothing. You, you can't go out to the shops and think I'll be half an hour. It's, it's not going to happen because a lot of the time you've got to queue before you can get in. Yeah. Just don't have a timetable when it comes down to these kind of things. Yeah. I you mean, that's can't. the thing. I want to go to the bank, but I know that I'm going to have to give a morning because I know I'm going to have to stand outside and queue uh, because it's a one-in-one-out. But well, I need to know that I've got the time to go and do that. So Make sure you take your cagoule. I will. <laughs> and, a th and a thermos flask as well. It could be there yes. for a while. <laughs> and, a, and a portable chair. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> little little collapsible stool to sit on yeah, yeah it's um uh, uh, yeah make sure you've got something wet weather um orientated at the moment because if you're out there for two or three hours you know you are going to get wet you are going to get cold you're going to get miserable and that's yes. when people get fractious and and frustrated and and arguments and stuff like that start to kick off and you don't need that so just make sure that you are warm and you are dressed for the the weather for for standing outside in long long periods of time and that's including comfortable shoes as well yes true. You know, don't don't go in you know court shoes or high heels or and that's for the men as well um <laughs> no but seriously though but you think about you know, the footwear that you are that are you prepared to stand in one spot for two hours you know before you actually get into the shop that you you're trying to get to um yeah, so I think that's that. But just you know, if if you um, get to the end of the podcast and you're thinking, what else can I listen to? Something that I've been listening to is um, it's a, a BBC podcast 
called uh, The Whisper in Darkness. And it, well, it's a two part. There's, there's The Whisper in Darkness and there's the case of Charles Dexter Ward. And it's just reminding me that there are a lot of audio um, podcasts which aren't just news, but actually sort of story based and, and drama based. And that's something that if you haven't done so before, it's worth having a look. Um, these particular ones are based on H.P. Lovecraft's uh, stories and revolve around uh, Cthulhu and, and some of the sort of the the stories that he wrote, the science fiction stories. But because they're so atmospheric, they are very immersive. You know, they're actually got. I think they're almost recorded on location as a place, and it sounds very real. And it's you know you can hear the crunching as they're walking and stuff. So yeah, if you if you want to change, you know, a, a break from watching television and and watching stuff, just to go back to actually listening to to shows, podcasts, and uh, radio shows, and and audible books as well, because it's just a different way. And then you can lie down in your bed, close your eyes, and just take yourself out of this world for for forty minutes or or however how long. That sounds lovely. Yeah, they are they are good, and it's just to remind people that there are other other forms of entertainment out there. I'm not having the TV on as much as I usually do. Mm. I'm picking up more books, having a read, and I quite like the peace and quiet. Yeah, I mean, I've not got as far as reading books yet. Um, unfortunately, my my workload kind of precludes that, so I'm still very much TV and media driven. Uh, that's kind of taken precedence at the moment but yeah <laughs> I can't actually remember the last time I picked up a book <laughs> it's been a while I think probably the last one was probably the last uh, Harry Potter book that came out oh was it? yeah or around about then that's not a bad book to pick up though I have tried reading you know if I've been on a plane or on a, on the train I do try and pick and read something uh, but not seriously, I don't think I've actually finished a book for a long time. It's not for everybody. I, I yeah, it, it's just running it. It's the time. I just don't have the time that I used to. I, when I was a student or when I was younger, I used to travel a lot. You know, I'd be sat on a train for five, six hours. You know, and that was my life. You know, moving up and down. So I had the time to sit and read a, a magazine or a book. But when you're then driving everywhere or you're working full-time, you kind of, your, your priorities shift and um, things like that don't always are available. Um, you know, people could say, yeah, I should make time, but at the moment, I just don't have that time to make, you know. No, if, if you don't have the time, you seriously don't have the time. Yeah. That's, it's as simple as that. I, I know, I know, I can tell from the podcast what type of hours you keep david so i know you haven't got the time <laughs> yeah it's it's um and just running your own business as well and i wish i know mm. that you know and a lot of other people who are self-employed know that the only way to make a business successful and work is to put the hours in and you know it's not uncommon to to have a minimum of 40 hours you know you're looking at 50 60 hours and then you sit down and then you start doing your bits on on Facebook and promotions and stuff on top of that as well. So you're almost, almost 
eat, sleep and work repeat. You know, there is there is no time for anything else, certainly in the, the first few years. Mm. Very true. Yeah. And one of the things I'm working on is a an art journaling video, a tutorial. I love art journaling. So that's... I wonder who that could be. I think well, that's my favourite art journalist. <laughs> it could possibly be. Um, yeah, I'm sure I'll, I'll mention when it's all done. Um, yes. But we're doing a series of tutorials for for a couple of weeks, um, and then it it goes out. I think on Facebook, or the yeah. invitations are out on Facebook. So when we've got more information, we'll I'm sure we'll. we'll add that to to the links as well um, that sounds like fun art journaling's great and it's a good thing to do at the moment yes having it's the, very having good for mental health it is yes and it's also a way of sort of creating a little mini mini coronavirus diary you know what did we do during the lockdown you know what you know a, a record of of life during that time doris would like that I bet you would, and a few <laughs> and a few pictures to go in it as well. Yes. <laughs> yes, I can imagine that would be right up Doris's street. <laughs> so, well, had a chat with uh, Sue Marchant yesterday. Oh yes, oh yes. How did that go? It was really good. Um, she asked lots of questions about the show and and a little bit. Uh, you know what we did and why we're doing it and who you were and she remembered who you were from previous projects uh, yeah oh, did she yeah lovely i love sue so i don't know when it's going to be out or what form it's going to be out she says it's now just go up to the bbc to decide what what they do with it now so she didn't say it was going to be on any particular show so hopefully she'll let us know um when it's out and where oh Yes, I can't wait. That'll be really good to see. Mm. I think that'll be my first radio yeah. interview in a long time. Yes. Yes. We could um, we could put a little snippet of it in to the show, couldn't we? Um, yeah, I'm sure for legal reasons we can we can do a short short bit. I took a, a video, so I've got some pictures of of the the event. Ah, excellent. That's really good, and. Um, we could definitely put the recording for my player on Ben and Chat Hour. Yeah, we? we can put the link to it. Yeah, <laughs> that won't be a problem. Oh, that would be good. Um, yeah, we can we can do that when we when we find out if it if it gets used. Because <laughs> I can imagine they're, I'm sure they're busy. It will be. There's certainly an interest, and it's nice to know that the the BBC, the local BBC, have have picked up on it, and they are intrigued into what we're doing uh, and they see it as, a, as an interesting way to help you know f fill in the gap between what they do and um, other other forms of media as well so we're kind of yeah. establishing our own sort of niche hmm. I, th I think that BBC Radio Cambridgeshire are always really supportive of any initiative that's happening around the county yeah and they they want to know about it and they want to promote these ideas i think they're great yeah and they, i think they do on a monday they do a roundup of um good good um 
feeling good type programs or uh, projects from each of the areas so they have someone from Northampton someone from uh, Cambridgeshire someone from uh, Bedfordshire and so each of the radio stations the presenter comes on and says look we're doing this uh, these are the things that are going on in our region so you never know we may get mentioned on one of those at some point in the future sounds very good to me so but we're, we seem to be big in America so you know that's <laughs> I still can't get over that every every time I look there's a, another another town or another another listener pop up which is, is, br really? is brilliant so Hello, shout America. out to America <laughs> but yeah it's just it's just great to have I mean you know we, we have lots of people in you know Huntingdon and and um, Whiz Beach and uh, all all places right across uh, the Fenland area and it's great to know that so many people are in this area are supporting it and they're, and they're listening yes it is it's very good it is for them after all yes and that's why we're doing it for that for them yes so yeah well, I think we've got everything done for today I think that's the end of it the end of another show yes end of another show episode 14 yay yay <laughs> but yes all good things need to, to come to an end so we're gonna have to finish today's otherwise it will be another late night <laughs> uh yeah it's the, it's the internet that's slowing everything down because it's it's so reduced so yeah the, the podcast itself gets uh, made very quickly but um the actual uploading it just seems to be taking longer and longer each time yes yeah tough isn't it cool all right well thank you much for for joining us today it's uh, been a thank a, you a long production today we've had uh jody hicks on being interviewed at the beginning of the show uh thank you for uh, jody for joining us today thank you amanda for for being the our regular co-host and support thank you and uh, it's time basically to say thank you for everyone listening uh, be safe be secure stay at home do all the good things that you've been re recommended to do and uh, it's a goodbye from me goodbye from him thank you <laughs> goodbye Bye.